Advent is the season of the church year where we prepare our hearts. Uh, Not only do we prepare our hearts for the coming of Jesus at Christmas, but we prepare our hearts for the coming kingdom of our God, the eternal life that he's prepared for us. In this Advent season, we are going to look at the book of Isaiah and the prophecies that God has given to you and to me about the coming kingdom uh, of our God, the kingdom that has been established through the birth of our Savior Jesus. As we look at this coming kingdom, may God fill you with all hope, joy, and peace this Advent season. Thy kingdom come. Uh, That is the series that we're in. It is what we pray for almost every Sunday as we pray the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, thy kingdom come. And so what are we praying when we're asking God's kingdom to come into our lives? That's what the series is based on as we get ready for Christmas when Jesus, our King, is born. What is the kingdom that he's bringing? Uh, Last week we saw it's a kingdom of hope. It's one that we know is going to be eternal, one that no matter what we have going on in our life, no matter how how hard it is, no matter the suffering, no matter how bleak it looks, the kingdom of hope is held out in front of us And it's ours because Jesus came into the world, he died and rose again, and opened that kingdom to you and to me. And so no matter what we're going through, it's a kingdom of hope that we have. But as we pray that kingdom come, we're asking for God's kingdom to come and rule the world and to rule our life. What we also have to realize is that the kingdom comes with a king. You can't have a kingdom without one. And so who is this king, and what is this king like that we are praying to come and rule our hearts? That's what we're going to talk about today as we look at Isaiah chapter 11. Before we jump in, let me give you some context. Isaiah was uh, written around 750 B.C. He was a prophet to the kingdom of Judah and the capital city Jerusalem. Back up to 1000 B.C., King David was on the throne and he ruled over all of Israel. His son King Solomon ruled all all over Israel. After Solomon, the country split and you had the northern tribes that were known as the kingdom of Israel and the southern tribes, which was known as the kingdom of Judah. Isaiah, around 750 B.C., was the prophet to the southern kingdom. God had promised to King David that he'd always have someone on his throne, assuming that they stayed faithful to him. And by 750 B.C., King Ahaz, one of King David's descendants, was on the throne, and he was not faithful to God. Uh, He completely rejected God. He rejected Isaiah's message of God's word. Uh, He did not know the Lord. And God brought him messages such as, don't make a treaty with the northern kingdom of Assyria, who's just a wicked kingdom. And yes, they're threatening to torture you, to take you over. Don't make a treaty with them. Don't make an agreement with them. God said, I am your protection. I will guard you. I will defend you. Lean on me. And what did King Ahaz do? He said, no thanks. Assyria, what do you got for me? And made a treaty with Assyria. God told his kings to look out for the marginalized of society, the poor, the needy, uh, the widows. And King Ahaz said, I will take all the gold and silver for myself. 
and left them be poor and dejected and uncared for. He was a very wicked king, and it's why for this reason that in Isaiah chapter 10, the chapter before the one we're looking at today, God said through Isaiah to King Ahaz, King David's family line, it's like a great big tree, and I'm coming and I'm cutting it down. I'm going to cut your family line down, and it's going to look like a stump. It's going to be dead, it's not going to be prosperous, and it's going to look like it's dying and dead. But, as we see in Isaiah chapter 11, from this stump, a shoot will come. All right, let's jump into Isaiah chapter 11. Here's what we're told. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf, wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together, and the, a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nation will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. Notice what Isaiah says. A shoot will come from the stump of Jesse. Who's Jesse? He's King David's dad. And so from Jesse's line, King David's line, a shoot will come from that stump that God has cut down. Uh, this Last winter, uh, we had a, uh, an ice storm, and I have trees in my front yard, and a branch was so loaded down with ice that it snapped and broke off. Very disappointing. Uh, very, uh, I was not happy about it because it faced the road, and I had this huge gap right in my tree facing the road. Uh, and yet springtime rolled around, and what happened? A shoot came out from the trunk of the tree. If you've seen a shoot in a trunk of a tree, what do you know about it? It doesn't look very strong. It, it looks pretty weak. It's not very impressive. It doesn't bear fruit. It's just a shoot. Isaiah says this is what's coming from the stump of Jesse. It looks like a dead stump. Nothing growing from it, and then a shoot. 750 years later, after Isaiah wrote these words, a woman named Mary and a man named Joseph were making their way from Nazareth up north in Galilee down to Bethlehem just outside of Jerusalem. Why? Because Caesar Augustus, who was the Roman Empire, emperor at the time, issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And so Mary and Joseph were traveling to their hometown where their family 
is from, and their family was from Bethlehem. Why? Because that's where King David was from. Mary and Joseph traveled to their own town, their hometown of King David, because they were from the house and line of David to register there. At the time, what did the stump of Jesse's line look like? Very unimpressive. They didn't have a king from their family line on the throne. The Roman emperor, empire ruled over everything, just about. The, the nation of, of the Jews were kind of scattered everywhere, and politically they weren't really a thing. And yet while they were there, while they were in Bethlehem, Mary gave birth to her son, the shoot from the stump of Jesse. Jesus was born, and it was not very impressive. He wasn't born in the palace. He wasn't born and set on a throne. He was born in a stable, placed in a manger, and the only ones who really knew about it were some stinky shepherds that just happened to be out in the fields nearby. It was a very unimpressive birth, just like the shoot from a tree. And yet this is the king of the world. This shoot was Jesus, the Savior, King of the universe. How do we know that he's not just another human being? Jump down to verse, well, first verse 1. A shoot will come from the stump of Jesse, from his roots, a branch will bear fruit. This person would come from the root of Jesse's family line. But jump down to verse 10. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The shoot is the root. The shoot is also the root. The shoot comes from Jesse's line, but who is he? He's also the root of Jesse. What? This is God who brought Jesse's family line together. From God, Jesse's family line was established, and it's from God that his family sat on the throne, and then he inserted himself into this family line. The shoot is also the root. This isn't just another baby that's going to be born. This is God himself stepping into human history the one who organized David's family line, steps into family, David's family line to be king of the world, king of the universe, to be the king of kings, lord of lords, and he's our king as well. And he's a king who rules over everything, and he rules and brings a kingdom of wisdom and justice. That's your first point today. He's a king that brings righteousness and justice. Isaiah says that on this shoot, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, meaning that he, he knows and has insights into things and knows what needs to be made, the decisions that need to be made, when they need to be made. He's a, he has a spirit of counsel and might. He knows what you need, and he has the strength to get it done. And he has spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. He knows the Lord. And he fears the Lord. He has awe and wonderment for the Lord. The Lord says something, and Jesus says, Thy will be done, and carries it out. Completely different than King Ahaz and all the other evil kings of Jerusalem. 
Jesus will be a king that says, I'm going to get your will done, Father. And what's the will of the Father? To rule with righteousness and justice. That's what verse 3 through 5 is all about. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide what he hears with his ears, but right with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. Jesus is a king that rules his kingdom with righteousness and justice. He comes to bring all unrighteousness and make it righteous. He comes to take the injustices of the world and bring justice to the poor and needy. In the Old Testament laws, uh, God had provisions set up for, for the poor and needy uh, so that the, the kings and the peoples protected and cared for and loved on those who had less. What King Ahaz would do is he would gather the gold and silver at the expense of the poor and needy. At the expense of the widows who couldn't earn money for themselves, and so they lived in poverty. They lived without their needs being met. They were uncared for and unloved. And so what a welcome sight. What, what a welcome message that a king is coming to do what? Bring righteousness to the immorality of this city. Coming to bring justice for those poor, for the poor who, who have suffered so many injustices. We hear this and we say, come Lord Jesus. Or do we? In, in some aspects, this is welcome, right? We look around our, our culture, we look around our cities, and we say, there's so much immorality. Yes, bring righteousness. Come with the judgment of righteousness. We look around and we say, there's so much injustice. There's so, so many people who are unloved and uncared for, and it's because people are, are corrupt. Come, Lord Jesus, and bring them justice. Come, King Jesus. But if this is how he's coming, how have we measured up? Have we lived the righteous life that our king wants us to live? Because this doesn't just describe our king. This describes the kingdom and those who live in it. How, how have we measured up to the righteousness that he desires? How have we measured up to carrying out justice? And we, look, we, we sit there and say, well, I don't really have that much influence. Have we let people go uncared for, unloved? As we consider righteousness, there's some questions to ask ourselves. Who has final say over what is righteous in your life? King Jesus or you? Who has the final say, King Jesus or what society says is righteous? And when those two differ, who has the final say? Does King Jesus get to determine what's righteous in your life? Or do we? King Jesus demands righteousness according to his righteous standards. What about justice? We sit there and we say, well, I don't really have the opportunity to do anything. I haven't done anything to, to deprive them of any love. But sin is more than just what we do. It's also what we leave undone. And God has called us to care for, to love, to be a voice for those who don't have a voice, to, to love those who are in need, to love and care for them. 
And if we stood before our king today, what would be the evidence that say we've done that? Is there evidence to say you have? King Jesus rules his kingdom in righteousness and justice. And when we pray, thy kingdom come, we are praying for the king of the world to come rule our world, yes, but also our heart. And he's a king who reigns with righteousness and justice. And wants that for his people too. This is who he is. But he's also a king who brings peace and harmony among hostility. He's a king who brings harmony amongst hostility. That's what we get with the last verses here, 6 through 9. The wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together, and the, li- the lion will eat straw like an ox, or like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. This is an incredible picture. A a, a picture of complete harmony that you and I cannot wrap our minds around. Imagine what National Geographic would do if they they actually saw this in the wild, uh, or Animal Planet or something like that. It'd be the most watched television to watch as a lion just naturally live with a lamb and not eat it? Uh, we live in Texas, uh, in central Texas, where there's rattlesnakes, there's uh, water moccasins, there's coral snakes. We know what it's like to have vipers around. Would we ever allow our child to play near a snake like that? Or if we knew that one of their, their dens were over there, one of their holes, we wouldn't let our kid go near that because of what would happen. They would harm our child. And yet, look at this picture of peace. A couple of years ago, uh, Lily was, I think, I don't know, she's almost five now, so I think she was almost three. She was old enough where she was walking and talking. Uh, that's what I know. Um, bottom line, I was taking the trash out. It was, uh, it was in the wintertime. I was taking the trash out uh, because it was dark already. She was still awake. And I was going out the back, back door, and she wanted to come with. And I said, sure, come along. So I got my cell phone out, turned on the flashlight, and we walked out the back door to go around the corner of our house between the fence and the house to walk down to where our garbage can is behind our gate. And as we turned the corner, I saw the snake slithering right to us. And I saw those three dreaded colors, black, yellow, and red. And immediately... I dropped that garbage bag between me and that snake, and I pinned Lily against the the fence, startling her. She had no idea what was going on, uh, but she was stunned, just planted against against the the, uh, fence there. My heart was beating like crazy, but I was also filled with pride because I just saved my daughter's life from that snake. And we immediately ran back, and I left the garbage bag standing there. (laughs) I got Lily back to the house, and everything was good. We know what that's like, right? We know what it's like to be terrified of snakes. There's no way this picture of peace and harmony with the vipers is anything that we experience. Now, 
I saved your life. But it turns out it was a garter snake. <laughs> uh, it didn't have the circles. It had the stripes. And uh, so we were fine. We made it. But that proves just how terrifying snakes are when we start to think that they're venomous because we know what it's like to be harmed. Well, we don't maybe know what it's like to be harmed. We know what it's like to be threatened by them. This picture of harmony between predator and prey, between those who harm and those who don't harm, between all animal kingdom, all animal life, and us, is what Jesus came to bring. Peace and harmony. And though we don't experience this picture right now, we will, in the future kingdom, when we live on God's holy mountain, eternal life with the Lord, where there will be neither harm nor destruction nor fear of anything, because there will only be peace and harmony amongst everyone. And as crazy as this picture is, the even crazier picture, God and sinners walking together, living together. You and God walking together in complete harmony and peace. And that is what Jesus came to bring. The king of the world, Jesus, the shoot who is the root, stepped into human history to do what? To live complete, completely righteous in your place. He came to bring the righteousness that God demands, not only to say, this is what God demands, but he came to fulfill God's demands as your substitute. He came and lived justly. He came and cared for the poor. He cared for the needy, perfectly in our place. And he came to end the hostility between us and God. And how did he do it? He offered his life as a peace offering between us and God. And through his death on the cross, he paid for all our sins. He was that peace offering that paid for all of our unrighteousness, for all the times we've lacked justice, for all the times that we have contributed to chaos and not harmony. And he's ended the hostility between us and God forever. It's because of our Savior Jesus, the shoot who is the root, who came to bring this kingdom of harmony and peace that you know that God is for you, not against you. It's because of him that you don't have to look back over your shoulder wondering, is God coming to get me? No. You have harmony with God because of Jesus. The hostility between you and God is over. You are at complete peace with him now and forever. This is the kingdom that he's already brought. This isn't something that you have to wait for. He's brought this kingdom to you now. When we pray, thy kingdom come, we are asking this king, Jesus, to come and rule our hearts, the king who's ended the hostility between us and God, so we are at peace with him now and forever. This is the king we have. And so no matter what happens tonight, today, no matter what happens in the future, we go to bed at night and our hearts are at peace, knowing that we have harmony with the God of this world, that this picture from 6 through 9 describes our relationship with God. This is the king we have, a king who brings righteousness and justice and a king who brings peace amongst hostility. 
This is your king who comes to rule your hearts. And so what do we do? Where do we go from here? Verse 10. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nation will ra- na- nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. In Old Testament times, uh, when nations would go out to war, kings would go out with them, and they'd bring their banner and stick it in the ground. And the banner would stand high so that all their soldiers can see where, where the king's camp was. And what happened was that the, the soldiers would then rally to that banner where they would have rest and peace and encouragement from their fighting. And then they'd go back out and fight. Jesus is the banner. King Jesus plants his banner down and he says, come, gather around me and you will find rest, you'll find encouragement, you will hear how you have harmony with God, you'll be filled with his righteousness, you'll be filled with his justice to go back out and live in this world. Not to go fight, but to go and spread the hope of the shoot who is the root, your king who comes in righteousness and justice, the king who's brought harmony to this world with God. We come and we, we get built up and we get sent back out to spread that peace and joy once again. May the God of all hope fill us with hope as we gather around the banner of our Lord, around the shoot who is the root, the king who brings righteousness and justice and harmony with our God. May he be with you this Christmas as he rules our hearts once again. Let's pray. King Jesus, we praise and thank you that you came into this world. Uh, You're eternal. You're the God who created this world. Uh, Through you, all things were made, including us. And yet you stepped into human history, into King David's line, and you came as a shoot from the stump of Jesse. And yet you grew into such a mighty branch uh, as you came to rule the world, and that's what you're doing right now. We thank you for the harmony that you've brought between us and God that you've ended the hostility, that our sins have been forgiven, and that we live at peace with you and with God forever. Uh, We thank you that there's no sin dividing us, that our sin, uh, our failures have been paid for, and we are at peace right now. We look forward to that day when faith becomes sight, when we get to not just walk with God uh, in our spirit, but we get to walk with God physically as we see you face to face, and we get to experience verses 6 through 9 once again. Uh, But this time, we get to see it, not just know it in our hearts. Uh, We look forward to that day. Uh, As we live in this world, we ask you to help us to be uh, ambassadors of your kingdom. Send us out to live righteously. Send us out to uh, help care for the uncared for, the love, the unloved. Help us to be uh, ambassadors of your peace and harmony that you've brought into our life with God. Let us be ambassadors of that peace into this world. Be with us this Christmas season. Let us gather to you, uh, celebrate you, be thankful for you, that not just that you came 2,000 years ago, but that you've brought a kingdom that is everlasting, and we look forward to that day when we get to live in that kingdom forever. Until then, fill us with your peace, with your hope, and with your joy. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this message today. It's my prayer that uh, it has changed your heart as you grew in the message of your Savior, Jesus. Again, if you wouldn't mind liking and subscribing, we'd be grateful for that. God bless your day.